Do you know what I like about the three of us, guys? Nothing. <laughs> it's that it's that individually we really bring something different to the to the table, you know, we're all talented in our own rights, but together we make something that honestly is not nearly as good. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Folks, it is once again that time, that time where we get together and we plot the downfall of each other. And Stephen walks away as we get started. <laughs> I cannot believe, <laughs> but I can believe, uh, because I am Ian Benson. Joining me as always, uh, he has embezzled 22,000 pounds for use mostly on cocaine. It's Travis Marmon. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, you thought I was going to say Stephen, didn't you? Uh, no, instead, he's just pretending to have received a call from the Prime Minister so as to get out of, uh, or to make himself seem very impressive to everyone. It's Stephen Doughton. I'll want to lick it off you slowly. And not joining us today, for I have already dispatched of him and my friends here are unaware that soon I shall be their undoing. Matt Siani is no longer with us, for I have forced him to tender his resignation after revealing his infidelity. And soon, soon, oh, I shall let slip the dogs of war, and Travis shall fall, and Stephen shall fall behind me, and I shall assume power. For it's as you know, the podcast dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television show in existence, which led us today abroad to cheery old England, where we watched House of Cards, and I can still bask in the in enjoyment of making you guys all think we were going to be watching a Kevin Spacey show instead of watching this oh, camp piece of, of, uh, of 90s conservative filth. Imagine if Ian was like the leader of this podcast. That'd be mad. Oh, no, um, I'm not. I'm the whip. I'm the one who keeps you guys in line. And now I will yeah. use this to usurp power. This show was wild. It was so interesting the way that the first 10 minutes led me to believe that it was going to be boring as hell. <laughs> and then I kept watching and was like, oh, no. Because they did this thing where they were like, Henry Matheson, uh, Marcus Williamson, Henry Heisenberg. <laughs> I picked a weird name. I'm pretty sure no, no, no. It's fine. You're just... You're um, <laughs> And then they're like, and they're like, which one of these fellows will be the prime minister? And then in the next, and, and then he describes them and he's like, a man who's come from nothing and represents nothing. He's no backbone or grounding to speak of. He'll blow in the wind like so many leaves in the autumn or whatever the fuck. And then, and then they're like, the prime minister is this guy. And I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. I don't remember which of the guys that was. So I went back and I listened to his description of the guy. And then I realized that I didn't need to do that. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> he can tell you multiple times. This show is, I'm going to say, British camp. It's, it is British camp. The music yeah, especially. I would go to British I think camp. Would you go to favorite. British camp, Travis? No. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. What, 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 uh, what do you mean? Like it, would just be, it would just be like Little Britain. Yeah, I'm going to have a fucking chippy yeah. at camp while watching, listening to people complain about polls, as in Polish people, not not political polls. 
Uh, no, I don't. I don't feel like doing that. I felt like a complete dumbass American watching a lot of this show. <laughs> to be honest, why? Even because I'm you don't understand sure how. Show- I didn't understand what was going on, but then I was like, I'm pretty sure this show is stupid. Like, because then I was thinking about what I, what little I know about the American House of Cards, and that I know most, like, which is a very funny, like, show to look back on. In that, like, when it got big, it was like very critically acclaimed. A lot of people were watching it. Yeah. If you ask anyone now, they're like, that show's fucking dumb. That show sucked. Like, I have not heard anyone say anything positive about House of Cards in years, regardless of the spacey thing. Although, obviously, that looms yeah. over it. But, like, everything in the show that I thought was dumb is stuff that I know also dumbly happens in House of Cards US. Like, it is so it's time and place the way that he speaks to the camera. And I think it being like this. Are you surprised? I think there's something, and maybe it's just because I had seen the original House of Cards and had no exposure to the show other than knowing it existed. That my brain was just like, well, this isn't taking it anywhere nearly as serious as House of Cards US. And maybe it is just because it's a 90s British series of miniseries, which is funny that they're like, we did three miniseries. And I'm like, you did three seasons of television. And American Wikipedia can't figure that out. Yeah. Or you did like an, or it's like an anthology, like a true detective or whatever, is how like we would. But it's also. It's not an anthology weird. though, because it's the same character. Yeah. Like, they just. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it's almost so, like they did three Columbos or whatever. That yeah, were almost long. it's almost like they did three seasons of a television show. Mm, <laughs> like three, they were like it's yeah. a lot like that. It's it's, but it's one only of those four really episodes. Like, it's only like two thirds, two thirds as long as a normal British season of television. <laughs> this is yeah, the, that's just what there they are do. British shows that I could pick that would have felt easier. That would have been eighteen episodes over three seasons. And yeah, this was fucking Sherlock. Each season is three episodes. Every season is three episodes of Sherlock. They understand how to do TV. Uh, but yes, so we are gathered yeah, here today to talk about the 1990 to 1995 series of British political thrillers, television serials in four episodes, which is set after Margaret Thatcher's uh, tenure of Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. It uh, was televised on the BBC. Uh, it stars uh, Ian Richardson as Francis Urquhart, the chief whip of the Conservative Party, and a member of its uh, uh, its more right wing group, frustrated over his lack of a promotion following the new cabinet, so he decides to engineer its demise and assume power. Uh, this show is uh, cool because it. Travis, uh, Travis, yes, pop quiz: yes. Who's the prime minister of England right now? Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who replaced the lady that was there for like five days? That, um, okay, okay, hold I, on. Was, I don't remember. It was 45 <laughs> Some, days, I believe. You have to remember, though, the second day the queen died. It's one of the most amazing <laughs> yeah, things. Just like, <laughs> like, I was fully like, the queen is dead, and then Liz took office, and then on the second day she died, I was like, that's the funniest fucking thing they could do. I think she's yeah. been dead for eight months, oh, but it's it- hilarious. Is it Rishi Sunak or is he the It is Rishi Sunak. It is okay. Rishi Sunak. A man okay. whose name I mostly now associate with wearing two short pants and dressing like a guy from the mid-2000s because the, uh, the <laughs> menswear guy won't stop going in on him. <laughs> and he's a, he's a Tory, right? No. Yes. Or is he a... <laughs> and by yes, I mean no. Wait. Yes. He no, he them? is. Yes. Yeah, that's he's the not, conservative he's party. Labor. I was like, right? That's just... Yeah, they're yeah. officially I, just called the Conservative Party. I thought party, he was a Tory, him. yes. He, he's, a, he's in the Conservative Party. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I was like, that's a different Conservative Party, right? And I was like, no, no it's just, just a name. No, to- you, it's just was, a nickname. There was um, UKIP, uh, which was like the outright fascist one that didn't. 
Liz Truss. Liz Truss is somebody who I would have forgotten about. I remembered Um, Liz Truss because one, extremely funny, and two, I was reading the Wikipedia page on the... um, because the the show deals with the fact that Margaret Thatcher was the longest serving prime minister, so like I clicked to figure out how long Thatcher served. Because then I was also like, "Wait, are you telling me this? Sh- the that fifteen years have covered these th- have happened between these two episodes? Because it looks like six weeks occurred between them." I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, she also, was only in power for eleven years. She's okay, actually not... the se- people have said that she's actually the seventh longest serving, but she's the longest one that like wasn't in wartime, I believe. Oh, I thought it had um, to do with like you know back when it was much more a monarchy than constant. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Can we talk about how insane it is that the show had her die? Yeah, it fucking like, rocks. It that's why I was starting to say but, it's cool. <laughs> but that's the show, so say, wild to how do. How crazy it is that the show what? The, the last season. The show had her tie. <laughs> the last, the, 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 the final cut. Oh, tie. Okay. Die. No, don't. Die. De- be the deceased. final cut. Cease to live. Yeah, the, the, cease, the last season opens with her funeral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. years before she actually unveiling. died or whatever. Yeah. And the writer of the books 18. that this is based on was so enraged by the idea that they would kill Margaret Thatcher, he demanded his name be removed from the program. That's so funny. Like, and instead I was like, Can you oh, imagine this- what would happen if you did a show now and you were just like, oh, yeah, Trump died or whatever? <laughs> if we have his funeral happen on the show. Well, they'd be so like, excited, though, that he's getting a it. statue. Wild ass thing to do. What's also great when you hear about British politics is that they're arguing over positions where it's like, I want to be the Home Secretary. And I'm like, that's what you call it? I do want there to be things like that they show in this, the Prime Minister's questions, uh, where you like <laughs> stand before Parliament and like the head of state like has to like talk and then get rabbled at by everyone. That is real. I know yeah. that's real. We need that's, that in America. That's what's amazing is that British politics are somehow both more and less austere simultaneously. <laughs> and they got the stupid yeah. wigs and there's the sword in the middle of it. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, welcome welcome to As You Know Explains the British Parliamentary System <laughs> featuring two Americans. Well, I guess three <laughs> Americans and one of which happens to be an expat in Ireland right now. Yeah. Look, we all live in former British colonies. It's fine. Um... The thing that I find weird about British, I've always not liked, is the fact that you don't get to vote for who represents the party in, in like, uh, for prime minister. They pick the person, and then you vote on the party based on the person that they've picked to run the party. All things considered, that's win. not that different than here. It isn't. It isn't. In fact, it's very similar to here, and they just don't lie about it. Um, but... It, it, it feels bizarre, but the, I think the thing that doesn't get acknowledged in this... No, it do, maybe it does get acknowledged in this. I think the weirdest thing in this in British parliamentary election stuff is that when someone gets elected, what happens is they're like, there will be an election no later than January 2026. Yeah, we don't have snap and elections like, here. But it doesn't. But then they can. But then it can just be like, all right. Well, Parliament's decided that that's actually next month, and you're just like, well, okay, you got to vote for the prime minister next month. Yeah. So House of no, Cards. No, no two years of horse race campaigning. Like House of Cards uh, was uh, based on a series of books by Michael Dobbs, and it was written for television by Andrew Davies and Michael Dobbs. Now, Michael Dobbs is a British conservative politician. He is a member of the House of Lords, and it says here that his title 
is Lord Temporal, which is a cool title. He's the Time Lord. He's the Time Lord. (laughs) He's Doctor Who. (laughs) He's the Time... Oh, he's the Time Lord. Okay. I just... The Lord Dobbs, the Right Honorable Lord... How is this country... How did this country rule, like, two-thirds of the world at one point? I am the Time Lord. Better weapons. I'm responsible for going back and making sure things go as the British intended them to. (laughs) Hello, Time Lord. Why don't you make it so that the, um... Why don't you make it so that the uh, colonies don't all leave one by one over the course of hundreds of years? Yeah. Oh, it's I've I've looked backwards into the past and seen all of the possible outcomes, and it turns out we always lose. So nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Doctor Who, Sorry. if he was Doctor Strange, <laughs> I understand. Uh, what I also like is that Andrew Davies, who was the Welsh screenwriter novelist who adapted all of this, the other things he's done are Middlemarch, Pride and Prejudice, Bleak House, War and Peace. That guy's got a fucking lane carved out at yeah. BBC. Yeah, damn. Things you uh, will have to watch in English class when the teacher doesn't have a lesson plan. <laughs> I love Pride and Prejudice. Oh my god, you guys. I found out that right now Ireland's so desperate for substitute teachers that they will pay you $37 one. an hour. And... $37 an hour, sorry, sorry, euro, 37 euro an hour is like... That's a lot. I mean, It goes guys. a long way there. Yeah. Whew. So Whew. you're doing it? I mean, I'm very much considering it, but I can't actually quit my job for another year if I don't want to get kicked out of the country, so... Mm, that's it's a... Kinda boy. Only another, ye- only another year, though. Yeah. Uh, one of the other good things about House of Cards, and this is how I know it was going to be right up my alley was looking at the cast list and being like, don't know any of these guys, don't know any of these <laughs> Never guys. Never heard of a fucking Never heard of any of these dudes. <laughs> like, looking at their Wikipedia pages and being like, most of these people don't have photos. <laughs> like, <laughs> or I look up one and it's like, oh, this guy had a minor role in, in Joel Cohen's Tragedy of Macbeth. Okay. The most recognizable guy him. to me was Ian Richardson because I'd seen him in other things. He's in Brazil. The second oh, yeah. most recognizable guy to me was in the final cut, the finale. Did you see, uh, his name is Paul Freeman. He played Tom Makepeace. Are you familiar with him? Is that the guy who is arguing like the kind of more liberal guy? Yes. He, you I can't would... believe they named him Tom Makepeace. Right, that's some Kojima luck. shit for making the dove yeah. guy. <laughs> you would know him best, most likely, as Rene Belloc, the, uh, the bad archaeologist in Raiders of the Lost Ark. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Now... If you are an astute student, though, of Ian's obsessions, you would then also know that the actor who played Rene Belloc, a movie that Travis, I believe, has never seen, Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. you would, though, recognize him, Travis, as Ivan Ooze. <laughs> the villain from the Power Rangers movie. Wow. This is the same year he played Ivan Ooze. <laughs> Great this is the same year he played Ivan Ooze. Befo- yes, he was in this, and then he would not, leave not, set. Not Raiders of the Lost Ark. One of the was best. The same one year of the no, no, no. That was fourteen years earlier. Ivan Ooze, one of the best. Like I'm in a children's movie. Time for me to go to ham it up as much as humanly possible. Yes. Oh my God! I'm looking at pictures of Ivan Ooze right now. This this looks like an all time performance. Have you never <laughs> seen the Power Rangers movie, Stephen? If if I have, which I believe I have, I believe I was fourteen. And I don't think I've seen it since then. That's such a weird age to watch the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> a movie I watched about 47 times between ages like five and eight. And then I watched once at age like 26. Yeah, Ivan Ooze, anyway. tremendous performance. Great job in the second episode, my guy. Just shouting and being like, how dare you? 
How dare you, Mr. Prime Minister? And then, like, a badly drawn Robert Forrester you is there to assist him. The, Sadly, the he... Ch- yeah. chi- the children of Cyprus? If make peace at any point and said, it's time to pay the piper, and then played a magical flute thing, uh, that would have been great. Travis, pop quiz, where is Cyprus, and what is it? <laughs> Cyprus... Cyprus is an island nation in the Mediterranean that is sort of always the center of a dispute between Greece and Turkey. Um, that, I, that I always knew. I didn't realize that like the Brits ally with the Turks on it over like oil stuff. I learned that yesterday when I was like Wikipedia, like the Cyprus issue or whatever and how that was relevant. I also had a Cypriot professor uh, for several classes in college. That was the one where you had to write the slurs. He's been invoked yes. on this yeah, podcast I talked about this. before. <laughs> yeah, I took four different comms classes with Dr. Atai, and like three of them were like, what is identity? Well, what is it? Did you figure that out? Well, we all got to do a project at the end of the year in one of those classes. Um, that was our identity project. And one kid's, um, it's this lacrosse player, did one that was just like, here's a video of me playing Call of Duty. <laughs> So yeah, that dude fucking, understands like, jump himself. Around. <laughs> yeah, that dude understands himself better than the rest he of us ever could. He was named Liam, but pronounced Liam. That kid, uh huh. <laughs> Travis, what was your identity project? Uh, it's hard. For, see, this is where I'm like, it's hard to remember because I had three different classes where I had something that you could like call something that <laughs> you. you I did it's one okay about, if you like, conflate them. I did one about like my relationship to music. I think for that class, um, there was another one that was autobiography and ethnography. I think. Where I actually did a lot that a more interesting one where I was sort of talking to my family, exploring like our relationship to Judaism uh, versus like Jewishness as like an ethnic cult, ethnocultural identity uh, and stuff. Anyway, he was from Cyprus. He also uh, before I ever took his class, like the year before I took intro, he w- he got stuck in Cyprus due to like a weird visa issue, uh, I believe, and had to teach the and had to teach class like over Skype. Travis, do you There's mean that he got struck crazy. in Cyprus because of a weird issue where the British uh, government <laughs> he was, was backing his yeah. rebels? Greek, <laughs> Greek nationalists kidnapped, kidnapped him. Uh, All right, guys, we're going to light the forest on fire. And then another guy going, why would you do that? And being like, it's going to be perfect cover. <laughs> How much time would you need? <laughs> uh, what is that question, Ethan? Yeah, just the way that guy is like, I don't, I don't know how to answer any of this. And then he's on the phone with Ian Richardson's real-life son, who then starts crying. Because uh, he has to kill a bunch of, uh, you know, civilians. There's no other outcome. He I just has know, to follow his orders. Reputationally, so again, I'm trying comparison with American House of Cards. I remember yeah. a common um, joke thrown about uh, here was in DC. Everyone in DC likes to think that their life is like House of Cards, but really, it's like Veep. So and what you would actually then say is the everyone over there thinks this. their life is House of Cards, but it's really in the... It's the thick of it. The yeah. thick of it. In the, in the Loop is like the thick of it movie. Movie, sort of. yeah. 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 But yeah, so, same idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, actually, I, definitely I, got, I definitely got In the Loop vibes from this, from this, the second episode here, because that's about like trying to start a war, basically, or justify like military intervention. Um, whereas the thick of it is more just like cascading PR disasters. Oh, Ian Richardson played Bill Hayden in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy 79, the one with Alec Guinness. I'm thinking I'm going to get John Le, Le Carre pilled, uh, is what I've decided for myself. You're thinking John about coming Le in Carrier? from the cold this year? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am I am <laughs> thinking about becoming one of Smiley's people. I have read The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, and I don't remember a fucking thing that happened in it other than the guy dies. 
Spoilers. Sorry for the spy who comes <laughs> from the cold. Do we want to talk about what happens? Do we want to talk about what? What happens? What happens in, 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 in House of Cards? Series one, episode one of House of Cards. It'll be a little tricky to talk about it just because the uh, synopsis is written that I could find is written as one long thing. But yeah, but you sort of get to like the end of yeah. where you're like pretty sure. Okay, here's the question. Roughly quarter. And I, I don't know if it was actually directly answered. Who here watched U.S. House of Cards? No. Not me. Okay, so it is just me where this follows a lot of the general beats, but okay. in what, different fashion. And also changes the name from Francis Urquhart to Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood. Yeah. And let me be Frank. Bad let change. Let me be Francis. Let me be. Let me be Francis. Knock knock. Um, also, Frank Underwood. I learned yesterday is supposed to be a Democrat, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah. What? Yeah. Especially because he's uh, from South Carolina doing a fall. He's the well. The the so. idea behind him is he's like, you know, a South like Carolina. A he's like yeah. He's like a Dixiecrat who's it's also the last like Dixiecrat. He, he's basically like. Um, like a mansion like thing where he is like I'm holding on to this by by you know and he and he's a yeah. he's a house member not a senator so. right and presumably like the thing with that show is he doesn't really have like a coherent political ideology beyond just like self-serving yeah and his wife doesn't laundry. she yeah right. no it doesn't make any sense i don't listen it's i remember the first episode being all right because um uh there's this uh this unknown guy uh did some work on it his name uh let me check here uh, it says David Fincher. I'm, I, are you familiar with this man, David Fincher? Who's that? It's just the difference is is that this show is from 1990 and shot on like a camcorder, and all of the colors <laughs> are completely washed out, and it has this sort of masterpiece theater look to it, which makes it very endearing to me. While um, uh, House of Cards is that like late career Fincher glossy, you know, look to it, where everything it's always like very moodily lit while this thing is just like well we've turned on every light in the house yeah Please, it's, just, come inside. it's 20 it's 23 years later it was netflix's first try at like a show like it's all i travis you know. travis i would like you to stop erasing Lilyhammer from the from the cultural consciousness <laughs> sorry, sorry okay. to little steven and amy poehler is she involved in that um uh, is that i a think it's show that I, he's in? I think it's really just little steven and a bunch of norwegian people because that's the idea behind that one, right? Is like, yeah, it's it's he's basically playing um, Silvio, but Silvio goes into Witsec in like, or like, or not even Witsec, but just like, in maybe it is like yeah. Witsec, and then winds up in, uh, in yeah, like, ever. yeah, in Norway. I believe that's the first Netflix original show, actually. One of the silliest, well, actually, uh, that this show has ever seen. Uh, I'll pick Lily Hammer sometime. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if there's anything I'm going to know about, it's going to be about the career of little Steven. I'm sorry, but... Once we're done doing every show that was ever on uh, on conventional television, we'll do every streaming series ever, but in order of release. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, right, so, Francis Aquat... Um, the the conservative party is uh you know about to elect its new leader and it's going to be um Hal Collingridge uh who is the secretary of state for the environment which is a silly so he's the what is he the environment secretary is the secretary of state what is this what is this england there's multiple secretary of states you know he's a state secretary um but um, have more than one Urquhart was promised uh, a position. Uh, he wanted to be Home Secretary, which I think is one of those ones where many of them have gone on to be Prime Minister. 
Yeah. Yeah, they I think like it's like home. it's like a pretty it's kind of a power position, it sounds like. I'm going but to say, it. based on no knowledge or great understanding, it's their equivalent of Secretary of State. Yeah. Kind of seems like it would be almost like Speaker? what's the one who no, but who wants to do like the roads and shit? Commerce or transportation? transportation? That's what Pete Buttigieg uh, is doing right now. Yeah, I was gonna say, is uh, oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing, yeah, he's he's, he's overseeing train disaster after train disaster <laughs> and whatever. Mayor, Can I tell you guys an ins- yes. an insane Paul Marvin take? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I relate. I relate to someone always. the other day, literally and they literally always. they like blue screened when I told them this. Travis, <laughs> I want you to know you could call me in the middle of the night, and I could be like, Travis, what the fuck's going on? You listen to the shit Paul said. So I could my dad, be. Yeah, my dad, of course, watched the Republican debate because he's always like, I gotta know what what the other side is doing. I gotta Look, know, you I gotta, gotta you gotta hear gotta you know. gotta hear all the word of Ram Swan Ram Swan. What is so so speaking of that? So you watched Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, and he came away thinking, "I would like to see him debate Pete Buttigieg because they're both very smart." Does your dad want to come down here so we can just drive around and find him? Because <laughs> he lives here. Vivek I, does. Yeah, yeah, he lives in like Dublin. <laughs> Like truly, or something like that. <laughs> Why? I I don't I don't have the answer for you. I don't know what his fucking I don't know where he came. What his like job is like. He's he a businessman. He runs a pharmaceutical company. Okay. He's from Cincinnati. I'm putting this on the Cincinnati oh, people. Oh my god! Then, actually. I didn't realize that. I'm putting this on them. Oh man, Southern Ohio because they keep putting. They try, the to put, they try to put. They try to put JD years. Vance, and now they're gonna try and put Vivek on me, and I'm like, that's your fucking territory, okay? Uh, Northeastern Ohio, we give you LeBron James. This is what you give. You give us this in the national <laughs> Southeastern Ohio. But yeah, I told so. I I told someone this, and her eyes almost like rolled back in. in her I head. don't uh, like that at all. <laughs> he's smart. <laughs> no, he's not. He has look. He went to Harvard, and on TV, he said some big words. And in, in my dad's view, that often is like really impressive. Does your dad find me impressive? Uh, I mean, I didn't go to Harvard, <laughs> but I say big words. I'm sure my dad thinks you're smart. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that he and J.D. Vance graduated from the same class of Harvard? <laughs> or no, same class of Yale. Same class of Yale. It was their Yale Law School. And I saw someone say that there were 207 graduates from that class, which means a tremendously low batting average for <laughs> shitty people. <laughs> like, or I guess high. Yeah. Like, yeah. 1% of them are like horrible Ohio politicians. Anyway, just wanted to, to let you guys know that was a thing that I was told recently by my own father. Um, Ian, all right. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you and don't wake me up to tell me something like that. <laughs> You're getting, you're getting a video call from me on WhatsApp at 3.30 a.m. Dublin time. Okay, he favors... Okay, hold on. He favors... Vivek favors major concessions to Russia, supports Taiwanese independence, and it's suggested that we should put a gun in every Taiwanese household. He also wants to go to war with Mexico. What, yeah, what is I knew his that interest part. In, what is his interest in Taiwan? Like, well, it's because it's why? anti-China. Business. Yeah. I oh, Okay. He did say that federal agents were involved in the 9-11 attacks. I think that Whoa. your dad, Travis, would really respect the move of Colin Ridge to keep the entire conservative party's ministers Cabinet. with zero changes, yeah. even though they had zero a lackluster changes. election, because he would be the guy who says, you know, he's got faith in them. He trusts his yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. That's Democrat mindset. 
So, yeah, Urquhart is like, we should go way hard to the right. Because uh, the thing about him, uh, which I li- I do like when he talks about it, he's like, my, uh, my background's a little different. And then he's like shooting a quail on an estate. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys whose family has had money for a thousand years. Yes. And uh, so you're, you're like, oh, I hate all of these new money types. For them, new money is the industrial revolution. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think, so yeah, I think they could only exist in a place like England to, to be a like depraved a level of old money, depraved level. Um, but yeah, he uh, so he's just like we got to we got to do this. But uh, Lord Teddy, the uh, the the party chairman who is advising, <laughs> you can't be a Lord Teddy. You got to go. Lord you got to be Theodore or Edward if you were if you're a Lord. So so Francis Urquhart has a wife, and she also loved power. Like, she's always schemes in with him. She spends all day lounging around their home and, like, saying manipulative thoughts. I would love her. a Lady Macbeth. That's a, great, that's a great character, yeah. Having a Lady Macbeth wife that's just, like, as far as I could tell, like, completely hidden from the public eye. And he just comes home and she just, like, whispers, like, horrible things for him to do. Did you read about the way that um, many of our friends here think I messed up on uh, late Friday night? Did you see this in Discord? No, I'm sorry. That's fine. I get to tell it here on the podcast instead. Because I said I would love a Lady Macbeth, but the only thing I'd love more... Uh, I was not inside for this. I was at a local bar. Oh, I was out for this friend's birthday. And I was. it was a nice night, so I was sitting outside. And a friend went in to close his tab. And he came back outside and he said, Ian, you need to go back inside. Some girl walked up to the bar and to order, she said, for my final opus of the night, and then ordered a Negroni. You need to go back in and you need to talk to her. Oh, my God. And I didn't because I was like, I'm not going to go running back inside the bar and be like, who here said for my final opus tonight? Like, that's an insane thing to do. But it will be one of those ones where I was like, damn, I if I had been in the room, it would have gone down different. Do we still have Craigslist misconnections? I think they're do out we? there. I think we do. You, yeah, s- think yeah, we you said for my final opus, I'll have a Negroni, which is admittedly not that big of a an opus it's not like you're out there being like give me an industry sour but i'm willing to be accommodating would you like to be that the lady be your pickup li- that should be that should be your opening line and that'll work really well on her she'll love that yeah. you're trying to one-up her immediately thank you <laughs> i can tell because that's the, the type of energy we're gonna have a back and forth dynamic like this and then it ends with us attempting to overthrow the british government just like our boys francis and what's her name and then her getting you murked at margaret thatcher's memorial unveiling what yeah. a beautiful end of an arc. That's romance right there. Anyway, yeah, he comes he comes home to his wife. And then uh is this where we sort of meet Maddie Maddie, the We'd seen her before journalist. But yeah. yeah, we'd seen her a little bit. We saw like inside the newspaper office. And yeah, we he, he begins his uh using of her to plant rumors. I really uh, think they messed up within the party. They messed up in the U.S. version of this by not keeping it so that she worked for a conservative-leaning newspaper. So instead, we could then get lots of people on Twitter.com talking about how they could definitely fix her or whatever happens, whatever (laughs) people talk about. She's so hot. (laughs) She was so hot. I was like, who is this really hot British girl? And you were like, oh, and she's got... Oh, she's conservative-leaning? I could fix her. This is just like Abby Shapiro. I could fix her. I could definitely fix that girl. (laughs) The most basic take this that comes a lot across more fixable than Abby Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, the, being an I could fix Abby Shapiro no, is just being yeah, no. too committed to being a boob guy. Yeah, lots of people. Lots of people have them. You can that aren't like that. I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that committed. 
not that committed to being a boob guy. I, my my boob loyalties are for sale. I'll take any motherfucker's boob money if he's giving it away. <laughs> are you using like a like a plot synopsis, or are you did you write it down? Uh, I'm use, I, uh, I mentioned this earlier that it's the overview of the whole series, which was the best I could find. There's not a there's not a House of Cards UK fandom.wiki. Uh, I you know I didn't see it, but. It was fun trying to search for subtitles for this, uh, especially for that. We're just like, and most of them are for the American one, and then the ones that were for UK just didn't work. So I was like, okay, fine. I watched this, and then I watched the British rom-com Rye Lane, and I was like, I have no idea what any of these people are (laughs) saying. I'm just like, even when they're like, I understood the content. I mean, I understood the words. I didn't understand the content. They're just like some, they're like making a reference to someone I've never heard of before or doing some British slang. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, go off. Uh, which is, I feel like, what was happening with the one. Uh, uh, he's, he's not a fixer. He's just like a you know a uh, a member of the party. Uh, like he's a PR consultant, uh, Roger mm. O'Neill, where he yeah. would just say things sometimes, and I was like, "What does any of that mean?" Well, it's both that he's British and also he's implied to be on coke all the time. Yeah, so he's probably uh, saying even sillier things with uh, his. Assistant yeah, slash lover. He sounds Penny guy. Irish, but not quite. There was a guy on the cast list of this sh- uh, show whose name was Kenny Ireland, which does feel like something we would call Stephen, jokingly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's Kenny Ireland over here. As you just explained to us, you say this like is, chippy or whatever. This is what ha- this is what happens when like. I'm just like singing Kendrick to uh, like l- lyrics, but there's just like a tiny Irish lilt in one of them. Just, like, <laughs> you're doing, you're doing the grandma voice, the Kendrick, the Kendrick grandma voice, but with an Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he, uh, uh, no, uh, there is, yes. Roger O'Neill, the, uh, cocaine addicted PR consultant who, when confronted by, um, uh, Francis about his cocaine addiction says, I'm not addicted, Francis, which is what anyone who's not addicted to cocaine yeah. definitely says. This guy, like like I brought up earlier, like the House of Cards versus Thick of It slash Veep comparison. It is funny that th- this man is the anti-Malcolm Tucker. Um, I wish I had seen, um, you know, Doctor Who. Well, what's his name? Peter Isn't, Capaldi. Yeah, Peter Capaldi in this show, just fucking screaming at some guy in the background. Yeah. Yeah, the show needed him or the fucker. So, um, this is a general question for the show. How do you feel about the frequent fourth wall breaking? Uh, I it got really sick of it. No, I loved it. I think, but like, this okay. makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they are coming to arrest you, Stephen. I think. Are they in your house? What the? I fuck? live next to a fire station, uh, <laughs> and I have the windows Why? open, so this does happen. It's always been me, no matter where I've lived, too. Going back to the original Big Dumb Time that we recorded where that firework went off. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever beat your stomach, though. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that. Uh, that's true. It follows you wherever. Um, so the reason why I liked it, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. One of them is just that we do a, 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 a podcast where we're constantly watching TV shows. So, like, it's nice to have a show that, kind of has a different vibe with a different shtick like i don't know i i I thought it was fun i I thought it was fun and i thought i thought the whole thing was like almost like 
kind of spooky where like they're trying to be like these are the horrors of politics watch the halls and people you're making right backroom Stephen. deals and deciding what matters to them instead of the people democracy is not real <laughs> i am the crypt keeper no, well okay well actually now i have an even better pitch because i was gonna get like, <laughs> fucked up they should have done the american uh, house of cards with vincent price but now, yeah. <laughs> now I'm obsessed with the idea of Frank Underwood being played by the Crypt Keeper and no one ever being like, well, that guy's up to no good. Mahershala was in uh, House of Cards as like his former assistant who turned to evil. And that uh, by that, I mean corporate interests. Uh, and I'd love the idea then of that being the Crypt Keeper, like meeting with Mahershala Ali, because that's that's a top tier group to uh, talk. <laughs> There's a part in this episode where Urquhart um, like talks to the PM and is like, these rumors are coming from someone very close to you. Like, I definitely watch your back. And it's like, you're the most obvious backstabbing guy of all time. He might as well be the Crypt Keeper. No, he's been a loyal loyal person for decades, Travis. There have been 100% of times that someone has gone to a person in power and said, like, there are people close to you trying to bring you down. Watch out. It's always them. I think it never, rules. You're just, talking about, you're just talking about the Star Wars prequels, Travis. Not everything's the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> you're right. If, I, mean, maybe, uh, I don't remember Newt, a thing that if, happened to this. Francis Urquhart was, was on the show. Gunray. <laughs> <laughs> no one do a new Gunray voice. What about what about the what about what about your man? What the fuck is the guy's name? The guy who owns the diner. They talk about oh, him. Uh, uh, Dexter Jester. Dexter Jetster. I'm talking about Dexter Jetster. Uh, we can, yeah, Wado, Wado doesn't own a diner, Travis. Sorry. He owns a scrap heap. O'Neill uh, <laughs> buys his cocaine from Elon Sleazebagano. Jedi. Yes. He has death sticks. Um, but this is how people are named in this show. People are named like... People are named like Dexter Mike Jetster. Backroom Deal. And like... <laughs> <laughs> like I thought, it's no. just Makepeace. <laughs> the rest of them have normal names or like exceedingly British names. Like oh, Makepeace is Francis exceedingly British Urquhart name too. But like, come on, is Francis Urquhart of like a normal name? Uh, I mean, see. what are some of the, what are some of the names? It's not this? a common name, but like it's you know, not Chancellor like of a, the Duchy of Lancaster and Foreign Secretator Secretary Secretary. Secretator. Jeffrey, is, is, is his last I should name? be elected secretator. No, we can't get bogged it's down me, in this. Ron White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there running for secretator. <laughs> the, the the blue blue comedy MPs. <laughs> Guys, that character was named Jeffrey Booza Pitt. The real life British House of Lords has sure. a Lord Sugar and a Lord Pickles. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that. I saw that fucking. Uh, uh, John Oliver uh, segment of The Daily Show years ago about Major General John Stirrup. <laughs> Ed Balls is a British politician. Never forget that. <laughs> oh, is that who he is? Yeah. I just, you know, of course, no, Ed you Balls. You thought it was just a guy? No, it was, no I just, he was like, he, the reason he was searching himself is that he is, you know, is a public figure. <laughs> Sir Henry Ponce, Ponceby. I thought it I yeah. Dexter Jetster, of course, yes, also a member of the British Parliament. Him, Bosk, IG88, <laughs> Dengar, Zuckus. <laughs> they're all co- they're all caucus together. <laughs> Fucking Boss Nass out there. <laughs> Let's just name some more. So anyway, <laughs> Let's just name some more. <laughs> Corin so Horn. <laughs> we could do this all. Kiai Mundi, the Jedi Kiai Knight Mundi. with five wives. Yeah. He's got the big so head. anyway. Francis Urquhart. Now, Stephen, you have to name a Star Wars character. (laughs) 
ideally an expanded um, universe figure, but they can also just be in the movie. If you want to start talking about the Yuzon Vong, I'll allow it. <laughs> can I talk about um, uh, what is it? Is it Ulic Queldrama uh, and his brother? Ah, uh, <laughs> what was it? His name is like Quell Drama. His name is like Quell Drama. Can I talk about uh, Ayla Sakura? Is that good? Is that good enough for you? Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Uh, anyway, so Francis Urquhart is talking to Robert Pushover, the current prime minister, <laughs> and uh, please, please, Stephen, that's Sir Robert Pushover, <laughs> Lord Pushover. He served with distinction in the war. He didn't do any of these things just so that you could call him Mr. Pushover. <laughs> Discussing with him uh, that somebody's, you know, planning to... Basically, he, he explains his whole plot to the feckin' woman in the newspaper that he's like... he's that They've put this guy in because they think that he's going to get he's going to get no confidence and then they'll have another election and everybody's, you know, looking out for themselves. And, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the plot. It's of so the first crazy episode. that they can do that. How much um, did you, how much did it rule for you guys that there's a scene where she directly says like, there is a certain something alluring about him. He's so powerful. Like they're just, just outright of where someone's just like, where she addresses, she's like, I wouldn't conventionally be attracted to him. He's got power. And then another guy comes over and is like, yeah, it's just like Kissinger. <laughs> the Casanova of, um, of the hill himself. Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. A thing he um, said. Ugh. What were some of the, the schemes that he's using and the, the rumors that he's trying to put out there? There's the weird... The one that he starts at the end of it is they're like trying to like take out like bad... Like create bad dead in like his brother's name or something. Oh, uh, we are going to talk about when he Jean Parmesans. <laughs> Do not worry. <laughs> yeah. When he puts on when he puts on brown face so that he can have a tan and come out with the mustache. <laughs> no. Uh, well, one of the things that he's doing is he's making it. I mean, he, I think he's correctly deduced that uh, the prime minister Collingridge is a fall guy for Billsborough so that he can get his pupil in charge. So then he yeah. starts directly saying, like, he starts, well, not directly, he starts through back channel getting that word out there. And then he also reveals uh, about, uh, through um, uh, uh, O'Neill, that there's going to be cuts to the hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's anything the British do love, it is uh, threatening to cut the NHS services and then having a bunch <laughs> of people get mad about the idea that they would cut anything from the NHS services. Yeah, there's the scene where he's uh, he's talking to everybody and he's like, we're going to cut the health services. And everybody yells at him. He's like, we'll reconsider cutting the health services. And then everybody's like, rubble, 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 I was confused because I thought weak. this was a Tory majority. I thought they'd be in favor of that. Well, so it's a thin. That, the, the thing is, one. is that it's a thin, thin majority. majority. So there's a lot of rambling. Like, yeah, they were like really worried. You know, they lost. They've lost some power, so that's why he's just like, "We need to make changes." And then that's just like, "Oh no, actually, uh, never mind. We shouldn't." Uh, you know, they narrowly retain uh, a majority, or maybe even they, maybe even they, you know, do the whole like, "Oh, we've brokered a majority with these ones." Yeah, like, yeah. They right. had and a big majority, and now they have a small majority. And it's more than a two-party system, and yeah. Uh, I really liked the scenes of him, like of Francis, like dressing down like lesser MPs over their various indiscretions that he could then wield over them. Cause there's the guy who he's like, if you're going to use whores, at least use a proper knocking house that knows the practice of discretion. I can have this guy write you a list 
of like use these brothels because they're not Stamper. just gonna blab about it. If you don't know them, Stamper will provide you with a list. <laughs> that rocks, uh, and is uh, that's exactly what happened to that one politician, um, you know, and the uh, the one who was like, "Oh, I've been invited to these uh, cocaine orgies, orgies." Oh, um, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, yeah that, there we go. Uh, and then they, uh, and then he said it, and they were like, "Well, you, you don't have discretion. We got to put yeah. your ass out of here. You're out of the party. We we liked your big, your your Hitler energy that you brought, but we don't like the fact that you're loud about the orgies. Yeah, you have a loser's mindset. You're not fucking cool, dude. We're cool with all of the other things. Of course we are, but you can't you can't blab. But yeah. So I mean, really, the thing that happens, I guess, that we haven't much covered is yeah, he's he, there is. Uh, Maddie Storton, who uh, is yeah the the junior political political reporter at the Chronicle, and he uses her to print some stories where like then the prime minister is like this is the Chronicle they're supposed to be on our side and he's like you're absolutely right sir I'll be sure to take care of this right away leave it with me I will ensure that nothing bad happens here at all in fact I'm going to call them right now and I will promise you sir that I will give them quite the lashing and then he's just like you won't believe the gossip I have meet me on the rooftop. Yeah, and, as soon as uh, she went to that rooftop. Oh, well, also uh, it's important to note that Francis and his wife practice ethical uh, 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 non. You know, uh, he, he's a lot like uh, Roger Stone in that sense. As soon as she went on that rooftop, I knew like one thing I knew from Osmosis about American House of Cards is that at some point Frank Underwood like pushes a journalist in front of a moving train or something. He pushes Kate uh, Mara. Yeah, and so as soon as they're like, "Oh, here's a significant rooftop where they meet," I was like, "Oh, she must get shoved off of this." And then I looked up the rest of the series, and that that indeed is what happened. Yeah, she will later get shoved uh, off this rooftop at the well, end. Well, and of then we season. and we even see a, we see a flash of it in the uh, the last episode too. Can't believe he's not a hero. Oh uh, no, Susan, he's the protagonist. This was the first anti-hero uh, ever. No, TV. there's no such ever. thing as an anti-hero. He's the main character of our of our program, which means, of course, that the creators of this show do agree with him. So actually, I might think that Michael Dobbs might. You actually. did say, yeah, he is a conservative. I was surprised. I don't know by if that. Andrew Davies does. Again, Andrew Davies killed the killed Margaret Thatcher, and then they got so mad at him they removed him from. So funny. I mean, he could be a guy from the moderate wing of the Tories. That's like, oh, we have guys like this that try and do stuff. I don't know. Yes, don't the, know mo- the moderate like. wing. It's just like, there uh, shouldn't we? <laughs> they're equivalent the, of like never Trump guys. I don't know. Which weren't real. They were real. They just lost all the time. They just ate shit constantly for several years and now are largely extinct. They probably voted for him. Yeah, this very much is a sort of just establishing what this show is kind of premiere um, more than there being a ton of plot. It's always weird yeah. when they describe British governments as the such and such government. It's like, I understand, but it is just like weird a number. Be, well, no, they'll be like the John Major government, which is, of course, after, oh. you know. British Prime Minister John Major, who is the person who succeeded Margaret Thatcher, which I only know because of The Crown, where he's played by Johnny Lee Miller, which is really weird. Would you watch more House of Cards? Is that where we're going next? Uh, I guess, yeah, we are at that part. Uh, you know what? Actually, I don't know if I... I, I, I would have been inclined... I mean, it's four episodes, and like this is the fun sort... Like This had a certain fun, pulpy nonsense to it, where it's like... I, I had fun. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much fun I had. It I went down like, oh, pretty easy. For it. me... Like Steven, the more he talked to the camera, the more I was like, look at this campy mother. He loves this yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, it is good for him to walk and be like, yes, of course, I'll make sure of it. And then he just, like, looks at the camera and smiles slowly. And you're like, the, oh. Like, jaunty, the jaunty little, uh, like, 
pompous music that they would play all the time. And this also is like really funny in he comparison has with like what the actual tone of the show is. He has such pep in his yeah. step as he does all of this. There, yeah, there's there's a peppiness to it, but there's also like a goth a gothiness to it. Like it's like almost spooky at some level. So yeah, um, and of course, you know, it being a British show, it means that I'd only have to watch two hours and thirty more minutes or whatever. Yeah, Brit- Brit- Britain. They, that's the one thing they do good. How do they fill up all their time? That's the one time I say the Brits are at it again, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Ah, making a show that's 12 episodes over three years. They're at it again. Look at that. Anyway, the final cut, that Pink Floyd album that's basically a Roger Waters solo album that's very polarizing. That, that, you know, the thing you try, when you get into, you're like, oh, I'm going to get into editing film and you get the software. Yes. Um, (laughs) I would like to issue an apology. It's Ulick Quell drama, not Quell drama. Uh, he was uh, a Jedi. You're just saying in a Midwestern way. It's fine. Yeah, he was a Jedi who fell to the dark side under the sway of Exar Kun, which now knowing what I know of Japanese honorifics, yeah, that's really Exar Kun. Yeah. Oh, Exar Kun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exar, who you know we're we're very familiar with, and uh, he's he's d- diminutive um, in some way. Anyway, the final cut. We're now at a point where Francis is prime minister. He has apparently has been the been prime minister time. for a while because 15 he is, years. Yeah, or 11 or what however long Whatever he's going to surpass Margaret Thatcher, which does mean that this is now like 2002. How do you think how do you think Francis Urquhart responded to September 11 <laughs> and the war on terror? <laughs> He was actually extremely I, isolationist uh, as opposed to Blair and did not yeah. get involved. In that makes I'd sense. say he got, he got so involved. Oh, my God. He was gung-ho. He was pumped. So many troops on the ground. Not enough for Cyprus, to be honest. So at some point in this uh, episode, we learned that he was an officer in the British military and he killed some Cyprus freedom fighters, which mm-hmm. does not seem like the type of character that he is. Uh, I mean, like murder, yes, no, but like he seems like a thinker. Yeah, he seems he seems like a, a murderer, not a not a not a soldier. Apparently, there was a whole thing of the idea in this season that the British might adopt the European currency, and instead, he argues that Europe should adopt English as its official language. That's a thing we missed. <laughs> That's which a is move. <laughs> super fucking england i've never heard anything more it's super england but also the most uh it's like the thing england has in common with like the most annoying conservative guys that you knew in like 2002 whose whole thing was like i'm tired of press one for english we need to make the constitutional like our official language english in america i knew several people who that was like their thing paul marman no not him (laughs) no but many people that lived uh on our street yeah um so, yes. Okay, so there was Makepeace, who we've established a few times, talked about. He has challenged uh, Erquad for the leadership of the uh, Conservative Party earlier, is what has occurred. And uh, he is also in some ways uh, involved with uh, uh, a uh, an assistant of of his, of Urquhart's, uh Claire, uh, a parliament secretary. And 
she in her own initiative because she what I love is when you get to watch somebody play both sides and you get to be like this person's doing a really shitty job at it and <laughs> then right. like everyone is just badly. like everyone is like she's doing a bad job at it <laughs> like immediately yeah. Because I was having that moment where I was watching, I was like, am I supposed to think that she's going to get away with it? And then, like, almost on cue, he, like, looks at the screen, uh, uh, Urquad looks at the screen and is just like, if this is what she tells me about him, who knows what she tells him about me? And then just stares for a second. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she's dead. She's doomed. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the whole first half of this episode kind of glazed over for me yeah well i like uh, what i like with this character arc is that she didn't consider that she would have to sign her own name for a document and thus created a paper trail (laughs) and in her panic (laughs) did it didn't know what to do so she just did it (laughs) which is amazing yeah like what's going on with the guy who's like i have the document like that is in a transparent folder and i just don't look at it Uh, state secrets also he totally looked at it right Yes, I, right. I was like, is he doing like a, yo, is he doing the same thing that Francis was where he was like, I couldn't possibly comment on I could not that, possibly that kind comment of thing. on it. You might think that. Sorry. Travis, would you look at the document? Uh, Probably. Steven, would you look at the document? Yeah. Yeah. I would. I I'm glad that you're all that. honest. Clearance, clearance shit is, clearance shit is so stupid. I was literally like, hey, Steven, here's this document. It's really interesting. It's so interesting. It's got <laughs> secrets on it. But you can't know them. But if you read it, there is a 20% chance you will get killed. Uh, 20%. 20? You will get killed if you read this document. I'd be like, ah, give me the document. Like, <laughs> I got to see it. You're like, what you hear is, that's an 80% chance not to get killed. 80% chance I won't get killed. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm a rule follower, but also I love the goss, so... You can't just hand me that. Those two things are those two things are in conflict here. That's that's the conflict that drives at the heart of Travis. The Greeks <laughs> would call that a dilemma. Travis, I was having a conversation about you some months ago. I don't know if I ever relayed this to you. I was explaining you to somebody who doesn't know you. And Travis never talks about Ian. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I don't register. He doesn't even he doesn't even think about him at all. <laughs> Damn. I don't even have object permanence with Ian. I just get on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Um, him again. Uh, but I was saying something about one of the best, and this is this is nice. What I was saying about you, an Admiral Travis trait. This just was thinking of this as you said the thing about the, the gossip on this. I was like, an Admiral Travis trait is that uh, Travis is actually, honestly, all things considered, very comfortable in himself and doesn't like like will do bits, but it's never like Travis is radical in self assurance and just being like, oh no, I know, I know who I am, I know what I'm about. And in these moments, I'm just thinking of that again, where this person was then like, oh, are you telling me they don't wear bits as armor? And I'm like, no, yeah, absolutely. Travis does bits, but they're never like a self-defense mechanism other than like, oh, I might be uncomfortable here, but it's not like, oh, there's a part of me I don't know how to deal with. Let me make jokes about it. Travis would just say the words, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. I hate this. And then leaves. (laughs) You're like, damn, if only I could be like Travis in this way. Marjorie's like, I don't want to go to that. And you're like, oh, wow, what power he wields. Just walk out. Very impressive. <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> Hit the bricks. Shit sucks. Split. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's just, just you being like, uh, I wouldn't look at it. I do love the gossip. But I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what I would do if you were like, it's a 20% chance you die. Because part of me is like, that's a really I'm high I'm also very risk averse. Yeah. 
That's very high. That's but tough. also, I bike in the city all the time. So I probably do things that <laughs> are already... Day. Yeah. I probably am hitting that 20%. But that luck's got to run out. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Travis, if anyway. you were in a, if you were in a machine, if you were, if you were locked in a room, and it was fifteen minutes, you had to just sit there, and there was a button you could press, and it would electrocute you. But it wouldn't. We've, we've, we've done this before. I figured here, we have. We? It just yeah. keeps coming up every now and then that everyone I know is like, yeah, I'd press the button, even if it doesn't slow down, remove the timer. I just get bored and press the button. I would absolutely fucking press the button. No I don't doubt that you would press, press the button. The only button. thing I doubt was if you would go for the record. The most presses in the 15 minutes span. <laughs> well, I, well, I wouldn't. Are you making? Is the person explaining it to you making it out of the room? Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are they like, because so if you no, press that no, button and you would, press the button, would, you're like, ah. Would, I would be. I'm a little embarrassed. Like I'd be a little embarrassed. Steven's Steven's sitting sitting down for the Milgram experiment, and it's not even done being explained to him, and he's just like, Pfft. no, that's not the same thing. That's shocking somebody else. Yeah, that's no, Steven's instead. Yeah, but sitting... you still would see a button and then press it. No, no, no. Steven would at. wait. Steven would wait, and then Steven just starts playing Y Y Z with the button, <laughs> just starts tapping that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, you know how that experiment actually went, right? They had like fucking it's recordings of people pretending to be yes, like in yes, gruesome pain, like, and then the people oh, would be God, like, stop. "Go on, yeah, test the next, test the next one, go on, go on." Yeah. But but I, I I don't know if I would break it by going because then it would be like then it would be like no stop if you oh no yeah you accidentally you reveal that it's fake I reveal that it was fake by replaying the thing over and over again. Ah, sorry, I beat yeah. I I beat your test. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think you fidget you fidgeting would you just wind up pressing stuff. I don't know. When oh, I think of like a no, defining I Steven, accidentally hurt the person. When, when uh, I think of like a defining Steven fidgety moment, it's when we were at uh, we were in our friend's basement apartment in Chicago many years ago and you kept playing with a cat toy of theirs. Uh and uh one person was like, Please please stop doing that and then you just like put your hand on the pipe that was above you and like looked like come on i have to be flying with a cat toy or i'm going to grab onto a pipe upon your ceiling and potentially flood this place if you don't give me the cat toy i will tear this pipe down it's not malice. It's just what will happen. <laughs> or I might hang on it and collapse the entire home. I just immediately <laughs> was like, all right, what else can I play with? Oh, no, that seems like a bad thing. See what happens when you tell me to stop playing with the cat toy? Anyway, the point of all this being, we would all read the document. 20% chance to kill me, though. Yeah. All right. So what do we have going on in I Cyprus? Because that's the big, the big thing. I don't know. Does JK here want to tell us what happened in Cyprus? That's the Jamiroquai guy? Yes, that is the guy from I Jamiroquai. I also thought that when he put the hat on, <laughs> but I couldn't remember. Some yeah, it is, actually kind of confu- it is actually kind of confusing the actual details of what happens. It, it, there's a coup attempt, and the coup attempt seems he, to be going pretty well. Yeah, when like Francis tried to like foment this coup, apparently, in the earlier episodes, like because, again, the Brits have like a, a oil interest there, and like specifically with like the Turks to be in control. Well, the the I thing about that, it, but wait, but then he's having the Greek. Hey, God, no, 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 no. So here's the thing. Then this is the easy thing to understand. What it is is that he sees this as an opportunity to have his own uh, Falklands War moment, like what Thatcher yeah. had, where he can use this as a sort of like, oh, this will be a quick, 
easy victory for the British military, and that's going to really bolster us at a time when we need it. So he's kind of like fanning the flames so that he can quickly get this conflict that he wants, where he's like, there's no way we lose. It's Cyprus. This is also one of those things where it's just like me knowing nothing about British history. Like, was the Falklands War popular? Like, do people look back? The British government gladly got- on the fucking Falklands War. I thought that shit was just stupid. Yeah, it was stupid, but they won. So, like, they were bolstered by this, and then they like no one remembers it in the UK. In Argentina, they're like, "What the fuck was that shit?" Is my understanding. Yeah. yeah. But like in the UK, they were like, "Oh, another fucking win for us! Yay!" And another everyone island. felt good. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like they won a basketball game. Is how the British view it, or whatever. Well, I guess it wouldn't be mm-hmm. basketball if they won a basketball. The British game, has no, never notable. won a basketball game in the history of it. I don't think they've won one. Uh, wow. How dare how? you disrespect OG and OB like that? Um, Name some more <laughs> British basketball players. Ben Gordon played for the UK, uh, or for for Luol Deng, I believe. Luol Deng did too. Um, I think John Amici, the first gay NBA player, mm. played for England. I don't know. Didn't Nick Nurse like coach in like the British Basketball League or something? I thought that was the Canada. I mean, anyway, he's he's been everywhere. Uh, They love basketball. It's the favorite. (laughs) They probably Uh, still call it cage over there. Is that a thing? That's a thing. Really old timey, like old newspapers, like call basketball players cagers. Um, I will say also it's like like calling football gridiron. I also (laughs) they call they call it a cage match because every game's a fucking match, and then and then yeah, that's why that's why how you end up getting body slammed. Um, I I do want to say, uh, uh, Travis, uh, an important thing to remember with the Falklands War is that does lead to the fall of the military junta in Argentina. (laughs) So they lose that war. When the Falklands War happened, is this pre Perón? Is this what leads to Perón government? Uh, no, no, like, that's it. Perón is in the what is that? The seventies? Yeah, the junta, the military junta was seventy six to eighty three. Uh, it received support from the United States until nineteen eighty two, following uh, the economic crisis, which caused the junta to invade the Falkland Islands, uh, which they then lost. It collapsed. Uh, and they relinquished power, and President uh, Alfonso was elected in 1983. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the father father of modern democracy on, in Argentina. But that has nothing to do with Cyprus, because oh. also Cyprus is a disaster. I was going to talk about the Argentine restaurant I learned about recently that was selling... Um, the Hitler Burger and Anne Frank fries or something. <laughs> this came up, this was in one of the newspapers I designed. If it like had some stupid ass name to like for the restaurant like that was not uh World War Two based, but just like some kitschy shit, but they're like, yeah, oh, they the, have, like they the beer have, hall like, the, punch. the Mussolini, you know, sandwich or whatever. And I okay. and, like well, someone hold on. on. <laughs> Steven. Mm. What would you put on the Mussolini sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's gotta be obviously like Italian, but like abrasive. So I'm thinking maybe like what you do on a Mussolini sandwich is it's like so insanely covered in tomato sauce and then you've got like a layer of eggplant and a layer, uh, you've got like plenty of basil and then uh, the Austin Powers is, you know, contact. Uh, a basil exposition. Like, yeah. And then like, oh, and then yeah, so it's eggplant, basil, 
too much too much marinara and too many olives. Okay, and for me, the and then you serve it upside down. I, well, I was yeah. going to say, for me, you take a pig, you spit on it, you beat it to death, and then you hang it upside down for 10 days or whatever. And that's what she uh, uses the base. The, the name of this Argentine restaurant was Honky Donkey. They had I wish I knew more about Mussolini. with Adolf fries. And then I know that his granddaughter got in a fight with bi- Jim Carrey. <laughs> that did happen. The world we live uh, in is amazing. The other types of fries were the Benito, the Genghis, and Mao. I love this Times of Israel article says, it was not clear why the honky donkey named a menu item after Anne Frank. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would agree with that. It is not clear to me. And some of the other... Yeah, then, they like, then they were like, sorry, 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 we'll rename it after Anne Boleyn. <laughs> what? And soon they will roll out new hamburgers and French fries named for more uplifting figures such as Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., and the Dalai Lama. Please, 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 God, let it. Please, God, let this matter. Yeah, burger. someone, someone, please, God, let this burger be a Mahatma Gandhi burger. Someone was please let that. it be a beef burger. Someone saw Any that story at my work. It was in a newspaper I was designing, and they were like, "Oh my God!" At this, and I really had to resist being like, "I'm sorry, that shit's really funny <laughs> that this happened." <laughs> like, so, it, so it what's is. the name? What's on the Mussolini burger? Uh, it, didn't, it was on the French fries. Uh, here, let me pull this up again. It did tell me what is on the Anne Frank burger. Um, it's a very generic burger. Ground beef, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, mayo. And Why? Adolf what? fries uh, were topped with bacon, cheddar, and green onions. So it's just totally arbitrary. There's no thematic. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Mussolini burger was actually a cowboy burger. Oh, yeah, that can't be a signature burger. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it get, is a yeah, weird I choice for it to be a signature burger, Stephen. You know, uh, it would be also great because then you would be you would see that and you'd be like, oh man, it's got onion straws and barbecue sauce. I guess I got to get the Mussolini burger. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. I can't see this menu the screenshot cuts off what's on the Benito fries. The Genghis, I can see it says Papas Musticas. Well, it's weird. And salsa picante. <laughs> It's weird, actually, because the Benito fries were actually just named for Bad Bunny, but everyone got really confused. <laughs> Francis Urquat. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, he's trying. there's the coup in the Cyprus. A uh, diplomat has been held hostage now, and Francis is like, let's send in some guys. <laughs> and then they shoot him. <laughs> and then the guys yeah, right, They shot their own hostage. I got so confused. I was like, guy- who's rescuing who? What's <laughs> so good is they, like, they, like... Check the, the you know they ha- they set the f- I cannot stress this enough they set a forest fire as their cover which is amazing brilliant bl- brilliant bl- brains here like hey you know what listen it's going to be a difficult operation you know it's going to make it way better a lot a lot of fire and smoke but they get in the house and it's going off without a hitch and uh, Francis Urquhart who is who is not only a master of disguise as we established in the first episode uh, when he uh, went to the bank in brownface. To open up an account and then close to the account like the next day so that he could. Uh, Does uh, him get... doing a fake tan add this to our list of blackface shows? It's not quite the same. No, no, no. Because no. it's not It's not like it. It's just he's wearing. He's got cheap bronzer. No one's thinking yeah, like yeah, yeah. that guy is. He might as well right. spray tanned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what bronzer is. Um, uh, but yeah, so he's. Uh, no, he's, uh, he's not only a master of disguise, he is also a military genius, the likes of which we will never understand. <laughs> you got to see. You got to see the board the way he does, and uh, that's why he sends these guys in. And the first thing they do is they have the beat, the drop on these guys, and then instead they check to make sure the hostages are okay. Then they go back down, and then when these guys move the hostages, they jump out and shoot like the Cyprus president or whatever. 
Right. I was very confused on what was going on in this rescue operation by the time they shot the guy that they were rescuing. Yeah. They, um, and I was like, holy shit, he died. Purpose, and then we see yeah. that it went out fine. He uh, actually, he's not dead. He's just in dire need of medical assistance. And some guys did die. And so they're driving to uh, to take care of this. And a bunch of schoolgirls are there. And they're singing. And they're saying, you're not allowed through unless you drop your weapons. And they call. And they're like, what if we just airlift it out of here? Wait for things to cool down, then we retake the city. Go back there. No. And Urquhart's like, no. That can't possibly happen. I need this success. Clear the roads by any means. And then um, a bunch of revolutionaries from... <laughs> a bunch of revolutionaries from, like, general casting appear out of the trees <laughs> yeah. and just start <laughs> shooting at a helicopter. Like, one of them literally, like, just, like, throws his cigarette to the side and pulls out an AK and then just shoots at a helicopter, and I just yeah. start laughing. People start throwing rocks at the at the soldiers. And uh, 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 the, the one in charge keeps shouting, Hold your fire! Hold your fire! As everyone is just shooting into this crowd, and then uh, the only people who aren't getting shot at uh, are the uh, the mili- I mean, the media that is there recording recording the many bodies of schoolgirls just laying there. And uh, France Surquat's uh, awesome response was basically, "Well, it wasn't my fault." <laughs> and everyone screams at him to resign, and he's like, "No, it was the children who were wrong. They were revolutionaries." Yeah. It had uh, it had big Israel energy, honestly, to me. Of what else goes on there? Well, they had rocks, so we had to murk these children, and it's their fault. It's absolutely their fault. They had to, you know, drive back because that one guy was dying. We couldn't have they- driven these off-road vehicles off the road. And then he's like, and then he's like, giving a speech, being like, "Law and order." must be the most important thing and there's never been anything more important and without it we are nothing we're nothing but apes and then the whole crowd is quiet and by crowd i mean parliament and he realizes that he's slipped oh yeah he's he's bound is what he's realized and yeah he's this is downfall after his previous peak which is when some tabloid printed the, the cover that says kebabed <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, that's in, that's in there earlier. My first yeah. was just the word kebabed. Uh-huh. Um, but no, so uh, he uh, the, uh, everything's closing in on him now. Is what he's actually finally realized. Uh, it, it's taken him this far, it seems, to recognize that he's doing a bad job, and that the many puzzle pieces, the many Chekhov's guns he's just littered throughout these seasons are now coming back I constantly, to him, constantly. which rules. Uh, that yeah. he has a paper that he wrote that's just like, here is my assessment of this time I killed two people. I now know their brother and niece. Nothing bad could happen from that or whatever. Uh, the rest of the episode what the, is the, him just being like, that was a misunderstanding. And then someone being like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, when, when confronted like, by this, he was oh, like, they were my oh, men. Well. I had to kill them. If I didn't, they would have died but in worse fashion than the way I killed them. And she's like, I don't believe you. And then he looks at the screen. He's like, she's right not to. They were real revolutionaries. And I killed the older brother. I killed the younger brother to get the older brother to talk. And he wouldn't. So then I shot him through the kneecap. And then he did. And then I shot him in the head. And you're like, Whoa. that is pretty much what he says. Okay, and bro. Then he's like, he's like, you know, will I shove you off the top of the building to call back to an earlier no i've realized that i've already lost no point in shedding any more blood yeah and then um 
he, he, he goes to talk to his wife about it. And she's like, don't worry. We can still be saved. We. Yes. You and me. We both will absolutely be saved. We will live, both of us, and escape this together. Nothing bad will happen to you. And then goes to his bodyguard and is like, we have to take drastic measures. And I was like, <laughs> Let's go! Well, the bodyguard loved his like little fucking right-hand man in a stupid-ass bow tie. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, it's uh, Maddie has a tape, or there was a tape that Maddie recorded when she died, uh, when he threw her off, and that has now been, that is given to Makepeace. And uh, Makepeace is just like, bad move by Makepeace to be like, Sir, I have a tape. It's very concerning. And he's like, it's lies and slander. And he's like, well, I will still be sending it to the authorities. But I hoped you would say you that. You will do like, as you wish. Yeah. And uh, he's like, but <laughs> it is good that as he's leaving, he looks back and he's just like, I will, of course, not wait to uh, do anything until after the Thatcher Sabbath. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take away from your day. And um, it, it made, have you both seen Oppenheimer? Yeah, just, I have not seen Oppenheimer yet. Stephen, is that a yes? Yes. Yeah, it made me think of the whole like I have removed Kyoto from the list. I honeymoon there. Yeah. Like <laughs> just the way he's like, I of course wouldn't want to do actually anything of uh integrity. I you know, we're all friends here. Yeah, so um the Cyprus report that uh Urquhart's bodyguard confiscated was photocopied. So Claire uh, shows it to make peace, who is immediately like, I'm sorry you um you, I can't have anything to do with you. You're terrible. You're awful and terrible. And you're too close to Urquhart. You're you're bad. You're, you're just you're, a you're, shitty little rat. I don't. Want yeah, to you're anymore. you're damaged goods, and I'm sorry, but I just I can't fuck with that. Yeah, and the whole like last third of this episode is people being told like, I'm sorry, you suck too hard. You're yeah, a liability. I'm, I know <laughs> I that you thought you around. I know that you thought maybe finally you could grow a spine, but it is in fact too late, and uh, we don't want you here. And uh, so he. Um, or make pieces like yeah, I, I will you know I will carry through all these things. The uh, the the Maria's father, who Maria is uh, the woman that he knows for some reason, who is uh, involved or was the niece of these bodyguards. I mean, not these bodyguards. These the uh, Cypriot the, freedom fighters. Yes, the yes. Uh, she sends it to, or Claire, I guess, sends it to Maria's father, who has the great scene where he's just like in like some cafe and someone comes in and says his name. He's like, Hey, that's me. And then they hand him a paper and then yeah. we next see him with a pistol, <laughs> which is amazing. It's just like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? And then a sniper fucking shoots her quad after like at Thatcher's Memorial service. Yeah. Quarter of the bodyguard just like nods and then a sniper fucking shoots him and then also shoots uh, Maria's father to just cover that base as well, and then <laughs> it's so great that then uh, Urquhart uh, is being held by his dying wife. I mean, he's being held as he dies by his wife, who's just like, "I told you we would be okay with this. You're okay. You're, safe. You're dead. You're safe now. But the yeah. people will love you. You're a martyr." And she also gets so, to preserve the money that the Turkish government promised him, or whatever. So, so I was like watching this scene pretty closely and and thinking about it as the death of a of a world leader in like you know the two thousands, and the fact that there would be video of it, there just would be. They would have mm -hmm. a video of it. Someone you would know? be videoing that it. memorial thing and would the, be on and TV. The, and the right and the way that the and the way that the warm, the way that the 
the the wife is talking to him is like like her face he, it's not like she's like looking like oh no but she's saying other words she's just holding him being like I told you we would be safe we yeah. would, and like if I saw somebody holding their spouse as they die just talking to them like with like a weird like scheming look in their eyes I, I, I don't know <laughs> Do what you I know would think about that how much we would hear about this assassination from Matt constantly <laughs> Do you mean if it happened in 2002 or, or if it happened now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, what's great, too, is right after he gets shot and then the bodyguard goes over to make peace and is like, but you'll be okay, sir. Yes, sir, you will. And it's like, oh. And he's just like, Congratulations. Oh, yeah. I understand. The Patriots have selected me to be the leader of this country now. At least the puppet for it. Uh, Patriots yeah. are in control. They are. They are absolutely in control. That's what their name is, right, Stephen? First name, absolutely. Last name, in control. No, the Patriots, isn't that what the... the in Melkir? Yeah. Is that the name of their... Is that the... Yeah. Abso... In control. Abso fucking Lutely. That's the leader of the Abso, Patriots. Absolutely. And now, I had a great time talking about this, and I believe it's Travis next. It is my turn. And I am afraid... Uh, I'm not going to pick anything scared. crazy. Um, oh, Matt's not it's, even here. Was, Who's he punishing? Was, yeah, I was waffling between a couple things because one of my favorite shows in recent memory is ending next week. No, one I of your favorite about... shows in recent memory ended like a week ago, and everyone's been waving around a loaded gun in my general direction. No, for we're a not doing the now. thing. Like it really, the, the timing of Matt like dropping for a while does suck because at this it point I could just ass. tell him we had all been planning to ideally pick Riverdale in a way that you would have to watch the finale live. Um, yeah, but we we missed that boat, we, and we frankly, I don't. I, frankly, I don't, I don't want to do Riverdale. Uh, Thank God. One of my one of my favorite shows is ending next week, um, but would be one that's like kind of weird to podcast about. And I feel like we're trying to uh, how to with John Wilson. Oh, um, and I oh, feel like we're great. like we will we'll do that eventually. But like as we're sort of getting back in the groove because we've been recording intermittently and we're down to like the three of us line up again. I kind of want to just go like classic like what this podcast. Like when we conceived of it, like what kind of shows it was meant for. And so I think it's finally time to do This Is Us next week. <laughs> oh. Yeah! Oh. Woo! Oh. Just an easy. What was the show again? This was big. Easy. Yo, it's not and, easy. That show, that's why. Well, it's not easy because it's so emotionally. Uh, this is going to be great. <laughs> This is the perfect oh God, request, a perfect choice, because new. one of us is dancing and the other one is going. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, this show, this was a show that that I watched because I was sitting in a living room uh, where somebody was watching it. Classic kind of show. I guess I'll be the one to talk about this is us because Stephen apparently has seen more of it than I have, which is okay. some yeah. of it. Yeah, I have seen some of it. And Travis picked it, so Travis, you want to put thirty seconds on the clock for me? Sure. Starting, tell us everything you know about the TV program This Is Us, starting now. This Is Us was an NBC television program that was starring Mila Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore and two other people and Sterling K. Brown. And it's about uh, three siblings, uh, two, one of which was adopted, uh, that are all like triplets when they're born. And then the television show is uh, like set in like two or three different time periods because you see them as children, but then as adults because like Mila Ventimiglia dies and then they're all like Pittsburgh Steelers fans or something like that, some shit like that. And Mandy Moore is just like still hot, but also like plays an old lady a bunch. And Sterling K. Brown is there and he's just like very intense and you know he's all of those things and i don't know anything about the other two Time. i think one of 
Yeah, that that sounds right. Also, from my understanding of this is us. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to find out who we are, or what we are, who we thought they, they are. Were. Yeah, they are who we thought they were. The show with one of, one of the most memorable show titles. Uh, this is memory. Who we yeah. thought we are. Who do you think you are? I am. I am. Who do we think? Who do we think we are? This is us. We, <laughs> we are going to have a completely normal and not in all insane episode next week because of this all. Um, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, do all of those fun things. Now that we're back and we're back in the swing of things, which means, Stephen, it's time to bring us home. Splendid. Two good chaps getting Rados together. 